uh, and jump in. Let me tell you, I'm, I've missed you. I've been praying for you. Uh, I haven't. I hope I've checked on almost everybody in this room at some point uh, as we continue to grow. Uh, be gracious to me and my wife as we're, we're trying to love everybody. Um, uh, I, I'm just so thankful that uh, you have the grace and the patience that you've had. Um, but let me go ahead and s state this. This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. I was sharing with somebody in the back uh, of what I believe God can and will do through Real Church uh, if we continue to put him at the center of all we do. This isn't about me. This isn't about my family. This isn't about our staff. This isn't about even our church. This is about Jesus and Jesus alone. And that's going to be the forefront of who we are. Um, and so I'm excited to jump in today for day one. Uh, we're going to start a brand new series today through the month of October. It's called Squad Goals. I was thinking of, of the kind of squad. And I was this is a church that you've been remaining faithful. And, and if I were to choose any squad, you're my squad. You're my squad. And, and so we're going to be uh, talking about that today. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to Acts chapter 4, verse 13. We're going to, uh, because I have such little time, uh, I want to share a simple thought with you today out of Acts chapter 4, verse 13. I want to give you some context. Um, does that sound better right there? I'm trying. I'm trying. I want to give you some context of what we're going to be reading. We have the disciples. Jesus has left. Uh, he's left them with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has empowered them to do the work of the ministry, uh, what he's given all of us. And, and the dis disciples are now going and they're spreading the gospel to all the earth. And they're doing it with power. The Bible says that they were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and that they were able to go and be into their community. And some religious people got annoyed. Church people uh, got annoyed by this because they're like, what are you doing? This is not how you're supposed to do it. It has to look like A, B, C. Um, and, but the disciples were just, they were being real. They had a squad that was going out and telling people about Jesus. And they got so annoyed, the religious people got so annoyed by this that they arrested the disciples because the disciples had uh, been bold, and again, they were filled with the Spirit of God. And it says that 5,000 people came to know Jesus that day. And so they were like, no, 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 that can't happen. We need to throw these people in prison. We need to get them out of here. Um, and, and so before they threw them in jail, though, I thought they asked an interesting question. If you go read it, they said, how are you doing this? How are you doing this? What's happening? And, and this is where we, because there was people being healed and set free, people uh, coming to know Jesus, and this is what it says. It's up here. Now they saw the boldness. I think the church needs some more boldness, not brashness. I don't think we need to be rude, but I think we do need to have some boldness to us. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, uneducated, and this is why I want to focus on common men. Everybody say common. Common men, they were astonished. These people looked at these disciples and they said, how are they doing this? They're just regular people. They're uneducated. They're common people. They were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. I want people to look at real church and be astonished. I don't want them to look at us and be astonished because of, of what we've been able to do. I don't want them to look about how big we've grown. 
we're growing. I want people to look at real church and say, man, those people, they are common, regular people like me. But man, you can tell they've been in the presence of Jesus. Because when you are in the presence of Jesus, how many of you know you will not remain the same? You cannot remain the same. Change happens. And so today, I want to speak to you from the subject of, come on, man. Everybody say, come on, man. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for all that you're doing. Father, I pray that you would help me communicate this boldly and powerfully in the next 10 minutes. So, Father, I thank you all that you're doing. And, Father, lastly, I ask that you would help us as Cowboy fans be humble in victory today as we get another win this week. We love you and pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, today's Family Sunday. I'm thankful that all the kids are in here. Uh, again, don't worry if they're being fussy. Man, I used to be a children's pastor, uh, so it's all good. Um, I I'm glad that you guys are in here, kiddos, uh, from elementary uh, all the way down to little ones. And so uh, I promise we're going to get you guys out of here quickly so that they don't get too fussy. But today we are celebrating Family Sunday, our first Sunday in this space uh, we're hoping, uh, I'll share updates and later uh, of what it's going to look like moving forward. But today, Family Sunday, we are here with our squad. The reason I wanted to talk about it, you got your whole squad with you today. You didn't get to send your squad to the kids' classrooms. You didn't get to send them off to the nursery. You brought your whole squad in here, okay? And so every squad represented. Maybe you don't have your squad, and maybe you're here representing your squad. Uh, and you should take pride in that. And how many of you know that each and every family, each and every squad is unique in their own way? I think if we were to visit each other's homes, some of us would be like, oh, wow, this place is a lot messier than I thought it would be. All right? Let's keep it real. Looking at my house right now, it's not the most clean house because I got three little kids who just throw everything, leave everything. Um, my wife would say four kids, including me. Uh, but, you know, we're all unique in our own ways. But I can't speak for your squad. The only squad that I can speak for is my squad. So here's what I want to do real quick. I want to bring my squad up real quick, babe. Kinley, Legend. Where's Legend at? There he is. And Briella. Where's Briella? Briella, come up here, my love. Can you give my squad a round of applause? Are they... I wish I could tell you all that my wife and my kids sacrifice and how they share me uh, with every one of you. Um, one night even said, whoa, Dad, you're not on the phone. I'm just so grateful for my squad. My wife dressed my son this morning. Don't hold that against me. That's a good-looking squad. That's a good-looking squad. I'm going to go ahead and, and get this going, though. Uh, I can only speak for my squad. Let me start from the youngest to the oldest. We got my man Legend right here. Legend, all of you look at him and be like, oh my God, he's so cute. He, he's so handsome. He, he, he is just the dude. But with my mother-in-law as a witness in this room, and she takes care of him every day, you hang out with this dude for one day, you might have a different opinion about my guy. I got videos when you fight with him, because let, let, let me say this, all squads, some of you look at my squad and you're like, oh my gosh, y'all look like the perfect family. But you hang out with us enough and you're going to be like, man, that's a jacked up group of people right there. They got some, they got some flaws. They got some screw ups in their life. Starting with this dude. You get in a fight with him, he does this little thing. He looks at you and he goes, ow, and he just barks at you. 
And, and so get in an argument with that dude one day. And then we have Briella. Briella is my sneaky kid. Anybody got a sneaky kid? She's a little sneaky. I wake up almost every morning and I find Bri uh, Briella laying in my bed. I don't know what time she got there, when she got there. He's probably about to bark at Adriana. Um, but she's my sneaky one. That's a little flaw that she has. And then there's Kinley. All right, Kinley is getting older, beautiful. And you look at her and she is just a beautiful young lady. But in the morning, do not get near that girl's morning breath. That morning breath, woo! I love her, but the first thing mom and I tell her, go brush your teeth. All right? And then myself, my, I'll save my wife for last. I'll share her shortcomings last. My shortcoming, she repeats it almost every day. You play too much. You, you need to stop. You play too much. Get away from me. I bug. And Kenley would attest to that, that I just, I play too much. And that's a flaw of mine. I'm a jokester. I like laughing, but sometimes I take it a little too far. Any dads out there that take it too far sometimes? Yeah, Raul, uh, no shame. And then there's my wife. Some of you are looking like, Adriana does not have flaws. Oh, my Lord, she's got flaws, okay? Let me share just one of them, all right, just one. She's forgetful. She forgets. She has, they have no idea what I was going to say about them. Adriana forgets, though. The other day we took Briella on a birthday trip, and we were done, and we're leaving town, and we get some Chick-fil-A to hit the road, and I'm on, I'm on the phone, and so she's ordering our Chick-fil-A, and we leave, and she knows all my orders. She can spit my order out by memory, and then we're leaving, and I said, hey, babe, uh, can I have some ketchup for my fries? And she goes, well, we didn't ask for ketchup. And she goes, you didn't ask for ketchup. I said, when do, if you know me, I love ketchup. Like, it's almost disgusting watching me eat ketchup. And said, I said, babe, how did you forget that I eat ketchup? And, and so that's a flaw that she has. She just forgets. But that's my squad. I wanted to bring them up here too, though, because, man, the sacrifice they've made for us to be here, uh, the, the, I, I am telling you. So y'all be praying for my family. Uh, and y'all think, let's give them a round of applause. I remember as a kid, you pick your team, and you might have been this kid, I was this kid, and when you're picking the team, and that person that's picking the team picks somebody that you don't want on your team, and you're, that kid's like, come on, man, like, not that person. I don't want them on my squad. Some of us parents look at our kids sometimes when we're out in public, and we're like, come on, get it together, right? We're like, get it together, because we all have flaws. We don't look the part that we want to look. We don't uh, portray who we want to portray all that. When people look at us, sometimes there's nothing special to us that meets the eye because sometimes we look at our family and we're like, man, come on, man. And, and, and if I'm honest, I think too many times I believe in our walk with God, we believe we are the, come on, man, person of our church. What do I mean by that? I think a lot of times we have this perception that God looks at us we come to church, we look at everybody, oh my God, they seem like they got it all together. But me, this morning, we're fighting in the car, we're, we're, we're hitting our kids, we're trying to look together, get, get together as a squad and present ourselves at church. And sometimes I think, though, we look, we have this perception that God looks at us like, come on, man, get it together. Get your crap together. Get your life together. 
and we have this perception that God to us is kind of like disappointed in us, frustrated with us. And this is the, the uh, we think his countenance towards us is like, man, I don't want them on my team. I don't want them on my squad. Do you know how messed up they are? Do you know the sin that all of you hide? You come into church and you portray this perfectionism. You portray that your life is together. But here at Real Church, we, we want to firstly admit that, man, I'm all kinds of messed up. My family, we have all kinds of shortcomings. My kids, they're not perfect. My spouse, they do make me mad. And this is our squad. But today I want to focus on your perception of God to you. Because guess what? I know me. Nobody knows me more than me. Nobody uh, lies to me more than me. And I think the same goes for all of you. You know you. You look at yourself in the mirror every single day and you know you. You know every mess up that you have. You know all the dumb things you've done in your past. You know all the nasty, evil thoughts you have about people. You know you. And sometimes I think that keeps you to have a healthy relationship with God because you think God's saying, come on, man. So three quick things that I want to share with you this morning. Number one, I want you to know that if you are messed up, you have flaws, you, you have things about you that people in this room may not know, people out there, uh, your family may not know, you have some flaws, the first thing I want you to know is that's common, man. That's common. Everybody in this room has shortcomings. We all have mess-ups, screw-ups, hang-ups. It's common. Nobody in here is perfect. God, day by day, through sanctification, through His grace, is changing us from glory to glory is what the Bible says. So number one, I want you to know if you feel like you're the only screw-up, you're the only one that you think God's looking at you and you're saying, and He's looking at you saying, come on, man. I want you to know that's common. Over and over, I talk to people and they think that they're just not worthy. This week in our, in our real groups, we had a verse that we reflected over and we discussed. It was Romans 3.23. And if you don't have a, a verse memorized, you need to memorize this verse. Romans 3.23 says that all, everybody say all, all have fallen short of the glory of God. That means every person falls short. Every person has something that keeps them from God at times. Because guess what? That's common. That's common. The disciples, John and Peter, they had, they, John thought he was just the most loving person, that G, he was Jesus' favorite. Peter, Peter wouldn't shut up. Peter had a mouth on him. Peter wanted to go cut some people's ears off. He wanted to go tear up some people. Everybody. But guess what? It's common. Your hang up is common. You think that your addiction that you've been hiding for years that nobody knows about, it's common. I guarantee it. There's more addictions in this room than what you can imagine. It's common. Number two, let me encourage you that even though it's common, you're okay. Come on. You're okay. My son, Legend, he runs. He has these little sandals, and he always falls. And I always tell him. He starts crying. I'm like, you're okay. Come on. Keep walking. Get up. Keep getting up. 
Some of you this morning, you just need to be reminded to keep getting up. You think that you've gone to God every morning with the same prayer, God, forgive me, I shouldn't have done that. God, I shouldn't have done that. God, I shouldn't have done that. God, I don't know why I keep doing that. God, forgive me. And I'm here to encourage you this morning, you're okay. Come on. Real church, we have work to do. We have people to reach. So you got to come on. And then number three, the last one. Or let, let, let me read the second one when I said you're okay. Come on, Psalm verse th uh, chapter 32, verse 5. They're going to put it up there. I acknowledged my sin to you. Some of you just need to acknowledge your sin to God. Some of you pretend that God doesn't know your sin. He knows your sin. He knows every part of you. You just need to acknowledge that part of you to him. And I did not cover my iniquity. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. And then that word at the end, Selah, that means, man, think about that. Take a moment and pause and think about that. When I confess my sin to God, he doesn't say, come on, man. He says, you're okay. I forgive you. Come on. Come on. You're okay. I know you're messed up. Hey, but I'm working on you. I love you that I'm not going to leave you like that. I love you so much I'm going to keep transforming your life from the inside out. You're okay. Number three, come on. Let's go. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. They call it the Great Commission. This is every person. If you feel like you have no purpose, you can always cling to this. If you feel like you're just going through the motions in life, you can cling to this. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is your purpose. That is your main focus of your life. At your workplace, come on. In your family, come on. At the grocery store, come on. We have work to do. But you got to come on. Raul and, and Caleb, you guys can come up. As a pastor, there comes many good things. I think there comes joys. Not everybody in here, you don't get to know the stories of every person. Man, I, I look through here, and I can tell you a lot of stories because I've taken the time to sit with you and listen uh, maybe we had lunch with you. I know your mess ups, but guess what? I know some joys in your life. I know what brings you joy. I've celebrated with many of you. Uh, I've seen redemption in many of your lives. I've seen little wins in your lives. Healing happen. I've seen forgiveness take place in families. And I get to see a bunch of those good things in people's lives as a pastor. But can I be honest with you, as a pastor, I also get to see a lot of your flaws. I get to see a lot of your shortcomings. I get to see where you fall short, even though you think you hide it really well. I see that you're struggling, that you're fighting. And when you're tired, you turn to that sin. When you're angry, you want to pop off. When, when, when somebody makes you mad or betrays you, you want to be bitter. And I see all this in people's lives. And many, what happens, tend to shy away from your squad. Who's your squad? This is your squad. This is your squad. You need people in life. One of God's greatest gifts. The other day I preached my grandfather's funeral, and I said one of the greatest gifts that God ever gave us, other than his son Jesus, is people. It's people. 
He says, man, I want to give you a spouse. I want to give you a son. I want to give you a daughter. I want to give you those friends. I want to give you that real group. I want to give you these people because everyone needs people, but we allow our shortcomings to make us fade away in the back and we push people out. We push people out because we don't want people to see the real us. We don't want people to see the messed up part of us. We don't want people to see the dirty laundry that we have. So we push our squad away. But guess what happens when you tend to start pushing people out? You begin to think that you're losing purpose. Church was never meant to do by yourself. Life was never meant to happen by yourself. You need a squad. And we've seen on social media, hashtag squad goals. That's what I want. I want people to come into real church knowing that they are loved no matter what's going on in their life. I want people to know that they can be accepted by a holy God even though they have sin in their life. If they would just confess it and stop just hiding it and suppressing it. Confess your sin to Jesus. And the most of all, that we would know, and we're going to put it on the wall as soon as you walk in, that this is a place of grace. That this is a place that you can bring all of you in here. This is a place where you can encounter the grace of Jesus. Because let me tell you, he chose you first. He chose you to be a part of his squad. The Bible says you didn't choose him until he chose you. And so this morning, I just want to remind you that real church, there's purpose to be lived out. You have purpose, so come on, let's go. You're a common person, but we have people to reach. And he wants to use common people like you and like me, despite ourselves, to to build his kingdom. He wants to build his squad. Because this morning when our leaders circled up, this wasn't about, again, and I say this and it might sound uh, cliche and it might sound cute that I say it, but I am dead serious when I say this is not about real church. This is about God's squad. This is about the kingdom of Jesus. I'm not here to point people to real church. I'm here to point people to a real Jesus with a real love. And I want people, I want our squad. Can we go out and do that in our community? Can we do that with our neighbors? Can we do that with our coworkers? Can we do that with our family? Because I think God's doing something special in our church. But we have to get out of of our minds that God looks at us saying, come on, man. Come on. Man, he wants you on his team. He wants you in his family. He chose you to be a part of his family because he loves you. He cares about you. And he has given us purpose. Will you stand to your feet this morning? This morning with every, every head bowed and every eye closed, this morning some of you, man, you've had this, this thought that God looks at you, that he looks at you and he just says, come on, man. But he's not, he's saying, hey, get up, come on, get up. It's common that you have mess ups, it's common, it's okay. I love you enough to change you. I love you. 
Some of you need to be reminded that you're loved. Some of you need to be reminded that you do have purpose. Some of you need to be reminded that you are a part of God's squad. And if you would just confess, confess that sin, not hide it, not try to pretty it up, if you would just confess it, man, he forgives you and he loves you. I've never done this in a real church service, so with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're in this room and you say, you know what, I'm tired of hiding my sin, I'm tired of suppressing it, I'm try tired of playing this trying to be perfect game, I'm ready to be real. I, I want to live for Jesus. Man, if that's you this morning, would you be bold and just lift up your hands so that I could pray for you? Is there anybody in this room, there's hands going up all over this place. People wanting to follow Jesus. Father, this morning I thank you for the people who lifted their hands. Heaven is celebrating this morning because people are confessing their sin to you and you are saving them. You are reminding them that they are a child who you created, who you knew before they were in their mother's womb. So Father, I thank you that you are transforming people from the inside out. God, may we be a people who live for you, who point people to your son Jesus. And, dis and despite our flaws, despite our shortcomings, And for that reason, you are worthy to be worshipped. You are worthy to be worshipped. Can we sing because he is worthy?